Sonic Team. Do you think that? Oh, strange. Oh, I've lost... Oh, strange that headphone thing isn't working. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Have I, have I played with the right thing down there? I wonder why I'm not hearing anything. Look, look at this one here. Is that supposed to... That's strange. I thought it would, uh, am, I, am I pushed in the right... Th- Excuse me, you just have to bear with us at the moment. I can't hear a thing on headphones. Not a thing. Isn't that bizarre? Are we... Are we sort of in, in the right... Oh, that's better. Is that a bit better? No, not really. Look at that. Wait a minute. I'll just have to test this with Anthony. You, you put the headphones on. Sorry, we have to test it. Because every night or every morning I come in here and somebody pulls the blooming plug out of the headphones thing. I'm surprised with a 21-pin socket that it's still going. Is it back on? Right to me. That sound right on there? Three... T- really? You think that sounds all right? Yeah. Well, look, the, the volume control's screwed up. Well, no, it always does that. Does it? Yeah. Oh, well. You've forgotten since yesterday. I have. Well, it, it just, it's like most of them, it just goes up to a normal well, thing, doesn't on, it? Try it on that one. Is oh, that's better? not, no, it doesn't make no. any difference at all. Okay. No. Testing one, <laughs> you have to do that, don't <laughs> you? One, 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 two, one, two. Hey, 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 you, hey, we're Jedward, hello. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Rubbish, isn't it, honestly? Oh, I dear. You're sick of the sound of your own voice by now, anyway. Well, to be honest, I can't hear it this morning. I really can't hear it. I can't hear it at all in here. And I thought I was. I thought maybe I was deaf, or maybe I'm not deaf. Maybe turn yourself up. Yes. It's a, it's a, I'm not hearing anything on these headphones at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, of course you can hear me. I can hear me if I take my headphones off. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's amazing how we're governed by headphones. Anyway, have a nice day. Have a nice weekend. I'm, Sleep I'm well. Done. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll wear some headphones from over here. That's a better. Might idea. be easier. Might just wear the other ones. Uh, oh, that's much better. Yes. Much better. Does it, can you turn up? Can you turn them up a little bit. Is that it? Oh, that's much better. Much better. That's it. Yeah, you see, great. Thank you. Everybody happy now. Have a nice week. You've got James Max every day next week. Me? Yes. Well, I say you've got James Max. He's following you next week. So... Really? Yeah, you you finish at five and then James Max starts at five past. Have you seen his new YouTube video? No. I recommend it. Really? Oh, right. He's got a YouTube video. He he recorded one in there yesterday. Oh, right. And he's put it up on YouTube? Yeah. In there? Yeah. In that studio? Mm. Good Lord. Mm. Doing what? You'll have to see it for yourself. Oh, right. I can't really describe it. <laughs> I uh, nearly choked on my Battenberg. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that sounds interesting. If nothing else, we'll all be checking that one out later. Is it very funny? No. Oh, right. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. Actually, no, uh, nice to have your company. I can't get these headphones. They've definitely gone all funny this morning. We should have to get, want to get, get one of the boys in. I think Kevin will have to come in and start fiddling around with things. Anyway, do you remember I said last week on the programme, uh, we were talking about oakum chicken, and I said it doesn't actually exist as a, as a as a trade name. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as oakum chicken. It was made up by the people at Marks and Spencers, and so Marks and Spencers thought we've got to call a chicken something. So they obviously go through the country and they find this uh, this little this little place which has got a 14th century church and all the rest of it, and it's called oakum. But they don't produce chickens. All Marks and Spencers did is nick their name. Or, failing that, somebody thought of it oakum. It sounds like ye old oak ham, doesn't it? But it's chicken. It's quite nice. In fact, strangely enough, I know people who won't eat anything else. My, uh, my, uh, 12-year-old, Nathan, won't eat anything else but oakum chicken. He loves oakum chicken. So, I was thinking, it's just down the road from Melton Mowbray, but they don't, they don't serve chickens there, they don't have any chicken farms, because most of Marks and Spencer's oakum chicken actually comes from uh, Northern Ireland and the Suffolk coast. Nowhere near oakum, I'm afraid. But on the other hand, the other thing that, uh, that they sell... In fact, if you, if you nip over to Sainsbury's, Taste the Difference May selection, M-E-Y... Uh, which is their beef and lamb, has a label showing a picture of Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother's favourite Scottish retreat, and the words Castle of May. So, in other words, you would think 
Sainsbury's Taste the Difference May selection with a picture of the Queen Mother's home, the Castle of May, would be where the lamb and the beef comes from. Think again, it doesn't. There's a little bit of wording underneath. It says, inspired by His Royal Highness the Prince Charles Duke of Rothsey and the caveat that the food comes from with a hundred miles of the castle. So it's a lot of old cobblers, isn't it, really? They just make it up. The other one that Marks and Spencers have got, they've even gone so far as to invent a place called Lochmuir. Because on all Marks and Spencers salmon, it says Lochmuir. And as the label's picture suggests, a wild, windswept part of coastal Scotland. Unfortunately, it doesn't come from there at all. There is no place called Loch... Let me just turn these around. There is no place called Lochmuir. Absolutely nothing at all. And it comes from all sorts of uh, multiple farms located around the Scottish waters. Technically, they're not breaking any law. They can actually say whatever they like. You know, we, we can actually produce sausages here and call them global sausages. You know, the fact that they, that they come from Thailand is neither here nor there. You don't have to do it, but you do have to check, don't you? I mean, champagne comes from champagne, Stilton comes from Stilton, and Cordish clotted cream really does come from Cornwall. And yet, for some strange reason, Lochmuir salmon, which is all over the place, I thought that's where it came from. I thought there was a place called Lochmuir. Never crossed my mind that it didn't exist. And so, well, it's, it's from lots of different farms all around Scotland. They just go anywhere where they've got salmon. Let's face it, the whole of Scotland is salmon farms. But there's no place called Lochmuir. The same way, well, it is Scottish, but they, they don't say it's Scottish. They, they, they just say Lochmuir salmon. But as I say, as, as Lochmuir, they might as well just say from a variety of places. In the same way that uh, poor old uh, Oakham chicken don't come from Oakham. It comes from Northern Ireland. I suddenly realised, listening as well this morning to Alexandra Burke's new record, they were playing it as I was coming down the stairs, and, and I suddenly realised where I've heard it before. I've suddenly realised where I've heard it before. It's Ico Ico. Ico Ico Ide. Dun da 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 dun 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 da da dun dun. Talking about Ico 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 Ico. And it's like that. They've nicked the theme or the riff from that. I wonder where I'd heard it before. I had to write it down to remind myself that that's exactly where it was. Final day today, and I'm away for a week. I shall leave you in the hands of James Max, and he'll be here every morning. And so I expect a, a full report on my return. I love the... Uh, it's, it's an old gag. I'll do this one now for you because it's old. We, we did it some time ago. It's the story of the frog. You know, the frog who goes into the bank, and he goes up to the teller, and you can see from her nameplate that her name is Patricia Wack. And he says, uh, good morning, Miss Wack. I'd like to get a £30,000 loan to take a holiday. So Patty looks at the frog in disbelief and says, what's your name? And the frog says, uh, my name's Kermit Jagger. My dad's Mick Jagger, and that's OK, he knows the bank manager. So Patty says that you'll need to secure this loan with some collateral. The frog says, that's OK, I've got this. And produces a tiny porcelain elephant, about an inch tall, bright pink and perfectly formed. A little bit confused by this, Patty says, listen, I'll have to go and consult with the bank manager and disappears into the back office. She finds the manager and she says, do you know, there's a frog out there called Kermit Jagger who claims to know you. He wants to borrow 30,000 quid and he wants to use this as collateral. And she holds up the tiny pink elephant. I mean, what in the world is this? And the bank manager looks at her and says, it's a knick-knack, Pattywhack. Give the frog a loan. His old man's a rolling stone. Okay. It's an oldie, 
I mean, it really is very, very ancient. In fact, I don't think they, they get any more ancient than that. Apart from me, between now and uh, seven this morning, there's the most disgusting story in the paper. I'm not even sure I can bring it to you without using bad language. I'm seriously not sure I can. It's, it's so disgusting, this story. It will have you doubting whether or not you've wandered into the wrong world. It's, it, it's, it's so awful. I mean, it really is so, so awful. It's even, it's even worse than Tiger Woods turning up and trying not to look at Catherine Jenkins' legs. As if anything could be that bad. And then it turns out that one of the old uh, brasses who slept with Tiger Woods is willing to sell the film of them at it for $250,000. So that's good news, isn't it? I'm sure her parents are delighted. Uh, now it turns out as well, you know, yesterday we had a guy on The Apprentice who appears to have disappeared abroad called Christopher Farrell, who was uh, not a very nice person. Now his ex-boss is in the paper today, and she says, I fired him. She said there was a misappropriation, and he was escorted off the premises. However, it gets worse. There's another one on The Apprentice. I'm afraid another one with a bit of a history. And this one makes the uh, the front of the... Uh, where is she? She's on the front of one of them. I think she's either on the front of the... No, she's not the front of the mirror. She's on the front of the sun? No. But she's inside the sun, and she's inside the mirror as well. And this is one, I'm afraid, who is inside, and her name is Joanna Riley. Joanna Riley, I only mention the fact she's mixed race because her lawyer is very keen to tell you she's mixed race. She has a secret criminal past. She racially attacked three cab drivers. And um, she attacked these uh, Asian men who are cab driving, calling them words which we cannot describe on this programme. She pleaded guilty. It was uh, some years ago now. And she's obviously not a very nice person. However, in an effort to justify what sort of person she is... So, so far we've found two people that you really wouldn't want anywhere near The Apprentice. Um, they said here that she lashed out with comments. She accepts were unacceptable. She's of mixed race and so knew all about being racially abused. Mmm, so do we all, love. So do we all. It's not an excuse, I'm afraid. And uh, quite rightly, you're another nasty little piece of work. When they went to her door the other day, her partner answered it and said, what, what's it about? No, she doesn't want to talk about that. In the same way that they went to the door of um, the, uh, the bloke uh, here, who was... Uh, oh, is it, oh, we've found another one. There's three. There's three. You've got... Joanna Riley, the secret criminal conviction for racially attacking three cabbies of Asian descent, and uh, Shibi Rabati, hoping for an appointment with a TV apprentice who has found a formal warning for unprofessional behaviour on his record. He calls himself a surgeon and business owner and must declare it to all future employers. Hoping for an appointment on it. It gets worse. However, I found another bloke, a Mr Patel, who's a cosmetic surgeon. He's done something even more horrendous. He owns the, the Smile Clinics. What's he been doing? He's been using a disabled badge fraudulently. Not just anybody's disabled badge, but a partner's dead father's badge. The person died years ago. He's another one. You'd think a man who's just changed his car to a Ferrari can actually afford to pay for parking. Apparently not. He's the tip of the iceberg, as Wandsworth Council tell me, and I'll tell you after this. <laughs> These are the headlines. Further tests are taking place to determine how two women died in a suspected double suicide in Putney. The bodies of the women, both believed to be in their 20s, were found in a flat on Lower Richmond Road yesterday morning. 
Nearly two million households overcharged for gas are being refunded, one of the biggest payouts of its kind. NPower's paying back more than 74 million to around 1.8 million customers, an average payment of about £40. From today, you'll be paying a penny more for a litre of petrol as the tax on it increases. The AA says it's not fair on drivers, claiming fuel prices are around 10% higher than this time last year. 10 pence higher than this time last year. Let's have a check on the road, shall we? For this morning, it's Rachel Hardaby on LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Uh, Ray and Balham. We're sad to hear that Tony Curtis had passed away at the age of 85. He was only over here a short while ago, and I think, it, you know, as I say, I think he's been talked about long, long time overnight with Anthony. Uh, I'm sure there'll be box sets of his films. Strange enough, Ray says his performance, along with that of Jack Lemmon in Some Like It Hot, was brilliantly funny, and the movie was directed by, in my opinion, the greatest director, Billy Wilder. There's a Billy Wilder box set out. I bought it about three months ago, and it's got some really good stuff in there. I do like watching. In fact, it's got a great interview with Tony Curtis on Some Like It Hot, one which was done a few years ago, where he was talking about working with, uh, with Marilyn, who I think he dated for a short while. In fact, actually, I think he dated just about everybody. I think he was the proverbial little pocket rocket all around uh, Hollywood because it was just easy. As far as I know, it was Kirk Douglas, says said who starred in Spartacus and not Tony Curtis. Uh, wasn't it both of them? Wasn't it both of them? I think you find Tony Curtis in Spartacus. Didn't they, didn't they put in the gay scene back in the movie? Was that in Spartacus? I think with Kirk Douglas and Tony Curtis. I'm pretty certain. And uh, they, they, they sort of reminded people that it was, because in Rome, apparently, it was very common. Very common. A little bit like the Afghanistan dancing boys that we saw on the television a short while ago. And, uh, and you suddenly think to yourself, it doesn't really go on Afghanistan where it's all Butch Hill tribesmen. No, no, no. Pedophiles, most of them, I'm afraid. And they pay for dancing boys. And then when they get to 18, and uh, if they don't, they kill them. It's as simple as that. The boys just disappear. And, well, in this particular case, the famous dancing boy, he didn't disappear. They found his body, but he'd been... Uh, so his parents uh, could do nothing about it. You're in a country where, you know, even the coppers are corrupt. You've got nobody to go and talk to. You can't do anything at all. So when a film crew turns up, they must be sort of clapping their hands with glee, thinking we've finally got somebody who's prepared to listen to us. Nice to see Cara Toynton making a point of leaving home alone. It's a funny thing, actually, Cara, sweet pea, that uh, nobody ever mentions your acting, do they? They only ever talk about... Who you're... Exactly. Best not, I suppose. But they only ever talk about the people you've been out with and who you're dating and who you're not dating. It's a bit sad, and I, I realise, you know, it's like I was watching an, an old episode of Come Dine With Me the other day, and it was the one with Leslie Joseph and Rodney Marsh and Paul Ross and Abby Titmus. And Abby Titmus, who really was so embarrassed she couldn't even show you her own flat. So she was in... Obviously, uh, one of their, their company flats that they use. But she'd lined the, uh, the bookcases with copies of her NAF book uh, and copies of all the magazines that she'd featured on the front of. And it was so tacky. And unfortunately, she was so out of her depth, although she kept referring to herself as a celebrity, because every celebrity party I've been to, they serve quail's eggs. I thought, well, I've been to... God, I've lost track of how many celebrity parties. I've never once been served quail's eggs. I really don't know what parties you're going to. In fact, strange enough, every one of the other celebrities, including Linda Lusardi, was saying, I've never been to a party where they serve quail's eggs. <laughs> I think Abby was maybe confusing it with maybe making another film, Get My Drift, because that's the only acting I've ever seen her in, and she wasn't very good at that either, I'm afraid. In fact, it looked rather tawdry. And there she was, proudly proclaiming herself as an actress. Uh, and I kept thinking, no, you're just tacky. You don't even have your own flat. Everybody else did it in their own house. Rodney Marsh did it. I mean, he... I forget who won the programme, actually. He might have won it. I can't remember. 
But uh, Linda Lusardi, I think he might have won, actually. Poor old Paul Ross in that house which he's got, which has got what they call a flying bedroom. In other words, the bedroom is half in his property and half in next door's property. It's one of those confusing things. Because he moved into this, this village, and he told me ages ago, he said, I thought, you know, village life would be nice. He said, oh, dear, some horrible people. I think his car got vandalised very, very quickly. Oh, by the way, uh, there's some new cream out today. It's in all the papers... And it's for, for women who've only got small busts, OK? You rub this cream on every day for 56 days and your bust will increase by an inch. What a load of old cobblers. But as I say, ladies, if you're that desperate for it, it's £125. It's on sale in John Lewis, who you thought would have known better, because even leading surgeons have said, so you rub this cream on and it makes it bigger. I'm assuming if it works on your bust, you can stick it just about anywhere. You know? Perhaps we could stick some on Jordan's up. No, maybe not. And uh, I'm sort of thinking, you know, if this works for women on their boobs, men could use it too, couldn't they? You know, to increase your sort of on your on your on your your, your biceps and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Uh, it's a load of old rubbish. The trouble is, you've you've got to keep using it. It lasts for a month. After you've done it, after you've finished sort of spending 125 pounds, I think it lasts for about three months, and then your boobs drop down again. So you've got to go and buy more cream. I kind of feel like saying to you, ladies, don't waste your money. Go and buy, go and buy one of those push-up bras, OK? The Wonder Bra. So cool, because when you take it off, you wonder where they went, OK? And you put it in there, or failing that, just lift them up, put a bit of tissue underneath, and there you go. Instant boobs. You know, you don't need to waste 125 quid. It's not the only thing that's on sale today. There's another one here. This is an instant facelift. It's called Shinso Essence. It's twice as expensive as creme de la mer and over a hundred times more expensive than a standard high street moisturiser. It works out at 70 quid a spoonful and it's on sale for 45 millilitres for £221. Going to prove, as far as I'm concerned, that women really are parted from their money very easily. It's very, if you say to somebody, here it is, it's boob in a bottle and it's 125 quid. You apply it every day for eight weeks. They say Kelly Brook, Scarlett Johansson and Eva Mendes are all known for their perky looks and are fans of it. In other words, do you think that the manufacturers, like most of these things, have sent it to people saying, what do you think of that? Oh, it's free, thank you. Oh, it's lovely, I like that. It's free. It's like you only see these adverts on the television where they bring out all these celebrities and uh, it's, it's skin cream or it's this cream or that cream and they just pay celebrities for an endorsement. They are, we, we give you a year's supply. What do you think of it? It's lovely. It's really lovely. Sheer cover is my favourite on the television, which is, um, it's, it's a powder and you put it on with a brush and it's just, it's like an instant glow. But they, it's been on sale in various guises for donkey's years. But if they call it sheer cover and they put up some, you know, few American so-called celebrities who then go, oh, my God, this is just so gorgeous. It takes away my blemishes, the redness. It t- oh, it's just marvellous. And you can have it today for only forty nine ninety nine, And we're going to include a free brush, a free carry case. And uh, you're going to carry on using this rubbish for as long as your skin can take it. You know, to be honest, it's a lot easier to grind up some carrots and go, <laughs> stick them in your face. Sheer cover adverts. On the, it's like these steam cleaners. You see them advertising all the time, the steam cleaners. The power of steam. You don't need chemicals. Just use a bowl. Just a bowl with some water in. You don't need to, you know, I mean, I've bought steam cleaners. We've all bought them. And you first of all, you fill it up and you sit there waiting for the blooming thing to heat up. And you go, Psst, and it runs out. And then, oh, put some more water in. Because they've all got little tiny chambers, because it's working on pressure. 
So a little water doesn't go very far, I'm afraid. I've got a little thing. No, it was 20 quid, and I bought it for doing the icebox. You know, oh, it's run out. So you've got to wait for the thing to calm down, and then you unscrew it, and then you fill in another tablespoonful of water. A load of old rubbish, but I like buying it. It keeps me happy. I, I enjoy things like that in a strange, strange sort of way. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? George Michael has received a handwritten letter from Sir Paul McCartney. Now, you think to yourself, oh, that's nice. Who told them? Who told the newspapers? Was it George Michael, or was it Sir Paul McCartney, or was it somebody in prison? Because the letter was two pages long, and George read it over and over again. Or is it that easy to get stuff out? There's another thing in the paper today. They talk about people who are supporting these celebrities who are walking, wherever they're walking at the moment. And they said, so far, people like Gary Barlow and -and so-and-so, so-and-so, have actually donated money. And you think, wait a minute, you're actually telling people who's donated money? I think that's a, that's a betrayal of trust, isn't it? Unless, of course, these particular celebrities wanted it known that they've donated money. I can't see any other reason. Because if I donate money, I want it done private. I don't want somebody writing in a newspaper, and by the way, Steve Allen donated money. I don't think that's right. Although, thank God for Denise Van Outen on this trip. I mean, thank God. When she was hiking in the South American Andes, because there's not a lot of work on the cards at the moment, out with Fern Cotton and Alexandra Aikowaikowaiki, she stumbled across £90,000 worth of cocaine. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, I wouldn't have known what it was. She spotted it straight away. She said, I stumbled across this, and they reckon it was from a, a, a drug mule. I found a makeshift toilet, and a big clear plastic bag contained loads of white powder. Initially, I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. I wasn't too sure quite what to do with it. And then it kind of dawned on me. <laughs> it was talcum powder. And she said, I had visions of me being framed by the police clutching the stuff, but I handed it straight over to our security guys, who had the best time of their life. Just isn't it ridiculous? Poor old Fern Cotton, otherwise known as that bloke in a frock. And uh, all people there... Oh, it is. Have you ever heard her talking? It's a bloke, isn't it? I mean, she's like, white like that. It's a shame, really. Apparently, they, they have been to uh, Machu Picchu. It's, it's great, isn't it? Because you do these things, if, if you're a celebrity, for charity. And, and you get filmed at the same time. So it's kind of like a reality show, you know, with, with, a, with a holiday thrown in. Which is, a, which is a lot better than most people get nowadays. Most people you don't, don't actually get that kind of thing. Yes, I mean, Gary Barlow, Jerry Halliwell and Simon Cowell and Mylene Klass have all donated online to raise money for breast cancer. And you think, but how do they know? I mean, is, is somebody betraying a confidence? I shouldn't imagine that Simon Cowell wants it known. I mean, Jerry Halliwell, I should think, would be shouting it from the treetops that she's donated money, which is, uh, you know, which is all good news, but that's what we do in this country. We give money. We're actually very, very good. Compared to everybody else around the world, we are the best at giving money. I love the story. I've got to read you this story very quickly. It's about uh, Sylvia Patton. Sylvia Patton is 67. She gets on a bus. She's bought fish and chips. And the bus driver gets off. Get off. Get off. Because, yeah, poo, poo, poo. Stinky poos. Anyway, well, no, he actually said hot food was banned. She said, now, th- this, this is the funny bit for me. She said, I couldn't believe it. I felt humiliated and was lost for words. I know it's dreadful when you've got fish and chips, isn't it? Just even buying something as rubbish as that, you know, you feel awful. It took 30 minutes to walk to a home in Canvey Island, by which time the chips were cold. Oh, did you not maybe think, like, dirt? Why not? Yes, <laughs> go a bit close. So, in other words, every time you go out to get fish and chips, you get on the bus, you've got to walk 30 minutes to get to the bus, you get on the bus, and then you go and get fish and chips, and you get back on the bus and come back in. Why don't you start cooking, dear? Or failing that, on the way back, off the bus, why don't you start eating the chips? And then they won't be cold. I've never heard anything so stupid in my entire life. But anyway, she was... 
Morning, everybody. You know, sometimes you read a story in the paper and you think, do you know, some people are just so disgusting and vile, they don't even deserve to live. I can remember when my, uh, my Auntie Ivy lived in Gidea Park. She's not with us anymore, sadly. Uh, her, her son, Martin, died. And when they went to the funeral, when they came back, they'd been burgled. I mean, and it was the most awful, you think, I mean, quite clearly, I mean, obviously the people who burgled didn't know that she was at a funeral, but you think to yourself, I hope eventually if somebody ever caught you, they just break your bloody legs, because it's just, you've come back, you've got enough heartache going on, without discovering that all your jewellery that you've had for years has been stolen. You know, that's, that's the awful thing. And such is the story in the papers today. It's the story of Sean Hamilton. Sean Hamilton was ten when he was run down crossing the road by a speeding driver. He died at uh, the scene. The driver, John Patrick Smith, was handed 30 months in a young offender's institution for his shameful behaviour and bad driving. So that's all he's got, 30 months for mowing down. That, that, that isn't the bad bit of the story. The bad bit, obviously, is that Sean Hamilton lost his life. When his mother, Sharon, and the family came outside court, they were jeered at by the friends of the boy who had killed their son. Things like, you should have been looking after your son, and things like that. They all live on a caravan site, ladies and gentlemen, bringing shame on travellers, decent people, many of them. But uh, this particular bunch of low-life scum deserve everything that is heaped upon them. There's pictures of them in the paper today. So friends of this callous killer, Mr Smith, who was 17 at the time, and uh, failed to report an accident, he sobbed in the dock. Good, good, I'm so pleased. I wish you were in prison for 30 years. Because, frankly, if it was my son or a relative of mine, I'd be expecting the death penalty, I'm afraid. You know, I, I couldn't think logically. And then to be confronted by these yobbos outside, or to prefer to call them the low-life thickos, I'm afraid, who were the friends of this little bloke. You know, you just begin to wonder. She said it's, it was a real little character, Sean. It's going to take us a long time. Of course it is. He was ten, for God's sake. It doesn't help by these jeering idiots outside. Perhaps Jeremy Carl put them on television, you know. Because nowadays, the, the, the more revolting you are the more you become a celebrity. And we seem to hail it. In America, they've just jailed that bloke who I think had 24 children with 15 women. And the judge called him, you know, basically a piece of filth and you're a disgrace, you haven't paid any money. Over here, we've had, we, we actually pay out for this low-life, jobless little piece of scum, you know, to have a life of Riley. Why can't we just lock him up? On the front page of the Mirror today, Wendy Padouche... You remember Wendy Padouche, another ugly, one of the, she's, she's the one who dumped the kids at home and she went over and she married a bloke in Tunisia that she met on the internet. I've done nout wrong, she says, proving that she really is as thick as she looks, I'm afraid. And uh, they, they've actually tracked her down, but quite clearly they've now made her a celebrity because they've got pictures of her being kissed. I mean, she really is a minger. I don't want to be rude about somebody, but Jesus, that's probably about the best she's going to get. She's got tattoos all up the arm. She's, I mean, you know, it's the best that he's actually probably going to get. He can't believe his luck. He probably can't believe it. Anyway, here she is with the mother-in-law, Fatima, and she's staying in a shabby street, but now they're saying that, uh, well, she's saying she's not actually a, a bad mother at all. So, having dumped the kids, she's now over there. I mean, they really are. Some of these people are just too revolting for words. But, technically, she's now a celebrity. So it qualifies her for appearing on Big Brother or anything. If they can manage to make it onto The Apprentice... They quite clearly don't vet anybody nowadays, do they? They absolutely don't do anything at all. It's just, it's just dreadful, isn't it, really? Then you get somebody like uh, the Elvis of Tinseltown, which is Tony Curtis, who died... I never interviewed him. I never interviewed him. 85, he was in... When he was in town last, 
he uh, he was in a wheelchair. But I thought he's got such great stories to tell. You know, in the same way that Debbie Reynolds had lots and lots of stories to tell. He, he's of the same sort of vintage. And to be honest with you, I can't remember how old Debbie Reynolds was, but she was fab. So what was your favourite Tony Curtis? I think she must have been 80, 83 or something like that. So what's your favourite Tony Curtis film, apart from the obvious? You can either text 84850, or you can tweet LBC973, or you can do the steve at lbc.co.uk. So 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, or you can tweet LBC973. Uh, Simon Cowell is expecting ructions when the X Factor contestants move into the same house. He won't be trying to stop them. Of course he won't, because it's publicity. I mean, Simon, it's, Simon is it's absolutely on the money. He knows exactly what he's looking for. He's looking for pretend relationships, because none of them are, are real. Uh, he's, he's looking for anything like that. You know, absolutely anything. You know, anything. Oakham is the county town of Rutland. Yeah, so? They don't do chickens there. Hello, are we listening this morning? Am I getting the deaf ones or something all of a sudden? It's like somebody says Stilton does not come from Stilton. Where do you think it comes from? The moon? Of course Stilton comes from Stilton. Uh, Tracy says, yes, both in Spartacus. This is where they put in the gay scene back in Spartacus with, uh, with Tony Curtis, who was the, uh, the young ingenue, as it, uh, as it was. The frog story, says Betty, is hilarious. And Stephen Arlington says, the last time I had that joke, I was at school, same as you, in the 60s. I was at school in the 60s. That's funny. No, I wasn't. I was at school in the 70s. Um, uh, another one here. How sad. Tony Curtis. God bless him. Dirk Bogard lived in Cadogan Gardens. Uh, when he died, must have been over a decade. No, he was in France when he died. He did write a book just round the corner from Harrods, but in fact, he lived in France with his boyfriend. Uh, Iris says, "Have a lovely holiday in America. Missing you already." Brian Hampton Hill, Iris Teddington, Maggie and Bromley says, "Have a great holiday. We'll miss you." Of course you will. Of course you will. I mean, it goes without saying. Goodness, you can barely get through the morning. Many of you without actually get. We need a fix of Steve Allen telling us exactly what's right and what's wrong. Here's Kelly Brook out again. I think she's been rubbing that cream in for 56 days. Oh, it's difficult to tell, really, isn't it? Certainly Sharon Osborne. Oh, no, that's right. The reason I covered this page here is because um, Peter Crouch is back with Abby Clancy, who's clinging onto his arm. Sucker. Sucker. I love it like that. And uh, John Warrington, we're going to talk to you. He's got loads of boring stories. We'll try and cut him down. And I think we're going to call him... I don't know, actually, about six o'clock. Uh, right, that I've got to do later. Uh, Marie... He says, I'll be counting down the days till you return, as I can't live without you and Auntie Enid. don't think Auntie Enid can live without me. I've had to leave. Well, Auntie Enid, while I'm away, I've had to... Because, you know, I don't want to say it too loudly, because matronesses. But um, uh, what we've had to do is... Because I, I, I used to visit most afternoons, and I've had to go around and do a week's worth of food for it and put it in the freezer. I mean, to be honest with you, she's, she's, she's having sprouts next week. She's quite lucky because everything's liquidised. So she's got no idea from one day to the next. I mean, sometimes we have mixed up, you know, desserts and main courses, and she doesn't know what it is. Sometimes the apple goes inside, you know, with the eggs and stuff. Like, she eats it anyway. It's all, it's all shit. Because what they've done is, because in an effort to stop her chewing the bedpost and also the restraints on her arms, they've taken away her teeth. So what they've done is, she's, she can see them, she just can't get to them. <laughs> <laughs> and a mug by the door. But that she's in restraints at the moment because she was having a dreadful time. I mean, she'd, she'd eaten away through two restraints and a bed. And it, it was getting to the desperation. So that's why they've liquidised the food. Because what she was doing, I mean, she, she was sharpening her teeth, apparently. You know, she was requesting things like, oh, I'll have some spare ribs today. She's got no idea where they come from. She thinks they're going to come in a tin or something. So now they've had to take away her teeth. I mean, it's, it's beginning to get a bit desperate. But she's, she's still feisty. 
don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, she's, she's threatened to turn up on the 4th of December. I mean, if you can spot her in the audience, good luck. Uh, Annie says, a couple of years ago, I was in Las Vegas at a bus stop with my friend on our way to the Liberace Museum. There was a young lady at the bus stop too, and we got talking, and believe it or not, she lived around the corner from me. You see? Small world, isn't it? Like, I bump into Barry Burnett the other day. Just coming, you know, you just, the last person you'd be expecting to see him in the street, on a corner, with his knee up against, you know, hello, hello, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Jackets in the museum that will amaze you, and if they're closing, says Annie, maybe they'll lend them to you for the shows. Have a lovely time. Stilton Cheese uh, got its name as it was the name of the village on the A1. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, I can't move this thing down. It Come back. Uh, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. As it was the name of the village on the A1 Great North Road that local farmers would bring their cheese to sell. The Oakham Chicken is just a modern brand name, nothing more. Yeah, same as that, um, that Lock Fine stuff, Hugh. My friend Hugh, my new best friend in the whole wide world, who's going to miss me for a week. Uh, I'm going to see him on when I come back, which is quite nice, isn't it? So, uh, hope you have a nice day. Actually, I thought about you the other day, not for long, but just a little bit. And, um, I'm often thinking of him. I'm often thinking of him. Jan says, yes... Chinese Amanda says she's thinking of you. Probably in a slightly different way, I should imagine. Uh, Jan says, thank you for mentioning my sister Julia. Does raise her spirits. She's having a very tough time at the moment. You make her smile because she's backwards and forwards in Hossie. You know, in, out, in, out, shaking all about. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Ali is the one who says, uh, have a lovely holiday. Fantastic. My son has just spent a week there, enjoyed himself so much, I had a frantic phone call to the Bank of Mum to wire him some more money. Take loads. We've just hired a car. We decided to hire a car for Daryl, because Daryl's wife is actually going out there at the end. So I'm doing, a, I'm doing, what am I doing? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I fly back late Friday. And then I think Friday he moves into another hotel with the wife who's flying out there for an extended holiday. So he said, might as well have the car. And I've suddenly thought, saves me having to worry about getting back to the airport. He can drive me. So what we're doing, I'm not going to drive, because to be honest, I'm, I'm actually better being driven nowadays. And I'm driving him out to the airport. So what we're going to do is, uh, we're just going to split the cost. A car out there, with air conditioning, a full tank of petrol, for the week is about 170 quid. So split it down the middle, it's only like 80-something, isn't it? Which is not bad. Corin and Tony say how excellent your in-conversations with Rolf and Barbara were. The best yet, but far too short. And what a scoop, a duet with Rolf. It is true, actually. It's up on the, uh, up on the internet. Good way to start the new series. Uh, looking forward to the 4th of December. David and Sophie. Uh, Jan's granddaughter won't be to go, unfortunately. They're so disappointed. We had a lovely day out with Jan and Peter last week. Went to Wetlands in Barnes. A record 27 snipe was spotted. After lunch and a bit more bird watching, we came home for afternoon tea and cakes. Off to St Michael's Church in Sandhurst, where Jan and Peter were guest bell ringers at their practice sessions. All made very welcome. So there you go. And well done to Sophie, who's passed the audition and has got the part of Dick Whittington in the pantomime at the Intimate Theatre in Palmer's Green. So good luck to everybody there. Uh, Tom and Bridget say have a nice time on holiday. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Better go on for a bit longer than a weekend. And, um, and Annabelle has sent me some advice on uh, using your, your phone in America. Because I don't want to mess up on that one, do we? Otherwise it'll cost you a small fortune. And strangely enough, my friend Stephen in Beaconsfield who says, so much for the strictly celebrities embarking on a comprehensive training regime. Last night, I saw Miss Anne Widdicombe dining with friends at the Carlton Club in Mayfair, who's for an early exit. I mean, presumably she'd have been having a salad, though, wouldn't she, or something like that. They have started. That's the trouble. It started. It started... Yeah, she, yeah, I know she's got to eat, but, I mean, she looks like she's eaten quite a bit already, doesn't she? I mean, come on. She does! 
She does. Come on, let's not mince around the bushing. Oh, she's really slim and thin. Don't be silly. Um, another one here, which was... Let's <laughs> around the bushes. My new expression. Oh, poor, poor old Debbie says she was coming through Waterloo last night and Jodie Marsh is in bed doing a three-way video conference call with Phil Tufnell in bed of Victoria. Uh, uh, uh. And somebody else. Apparently she'd done seven hours and got another 17 to go. If you go home via Waterloo Friday morning, she's under the clock in her pyjamas in bed. Oh, God, how disgusting. Okay. If anything is going to cheapen Waterloo Station, that's it, I'm afraid. 84850, uk. You can uh, tweet as well, LBC973. These are the headlines. Police officers are still at the scene of an apparent double suicide in Putney. Carrying out further tests, the bodies of two women were discovered yesterday in a flat on Lower Richmond Road. Witnesses say the windows of the flat were taped up and that firefighters assumed they were dealing with a chemical incident. Ecuador's president has been addressing the nation from the balcony of the presidential palace after being rescued by soldiers. Rafael Correa had been sheltering in a hospital. And a memorial service for Tony Curtis is being planned for next Monday. The star of Spartacus and Some Like It Hot died at his home in Las Vegas on Wednesday night after a heart attack. Let's have a check on the uh, roads. Rachel Hardiman. We'll say here on LBC 97.3. Morning, you're very nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Friday, it's LBC 97.3. I'm just checking, actually, on how many different Spartacuses there have been. I mean, absolutely loads of the blooming things. I'm assuming that uh, the one with Kirk Douglas, would that have been about 1960? Something like the... God, blimey, I thought it was earlier than that, strangely enough. But uh, Spartacus, 19... I mean, there were all sorts of different, different ones, and I don't know why... I can't find all my cast lists. The, the computer's playing silly beggars this morning and just being totally ridiculous. So, as I say, sometimes it'd be quicker to actually Google something and find it that way, because you go to IMDB and you start thinking, I've really had enough of this. Why computer? I can understand your frustration at home when you end up phoning Darren and saying, oh, you know, this isn't working and that's not working. It just drives you mad, because you think you, you were at the mercy of a little mouse, strangely enough. <laughs> I don't know how many people wrote it. You know, uh, Peter Ustinov was one of the writers, uncredited for Spartacus. Absolutely unbelievable. So I'm looking here, actually, and I'm trying to find... And then we've got Kirk Douglas and Laurence Olivier. Laurence played Marcus uh, Linicus Crassus. Sounds like a bit of a joke, doesn't it? Charles Lawton was in it. God blimey. Even Peter Ustinov was in it. And strange enough, Tony... Cur- yes, Tony Curtis was Antonius in it. So that was, with it, that was, the, uh, that was the romantic bit. That was the romantic bit, which is quite good. So, uh, thank you, Annabelle, for telling me about using the thing. The Vikings, the best Tony Curtis film. The Vikings, also the great Kirk Douglas says, Sue, The Boston Strangler. Helen and Hanwell, Love the Black Shield of Falworth, we uttered in pure, pure, pure Brooklyn, My Mother and Father. <laughs> I don't even do that. That reminds me of a song, actually, called Hello, Mother. Hello, Father. Uh, Trapeze was my husband's favourite Tony Curtis movie. Have a great time in Vegas, says Jenny. Yes, I like trapeze as well. I bought that. That was the, the circus, quite clearly. The circus one. So I like that. I like anything that's got the circus in. I saw another circus film the other day. can't remember what the Dickens it was called, but it was very good. I like it. You know me, I like anything to do with circuses. I'm, I'm quite happy, actually. I could, I, could go and, I could either go and live in circuses or fun fairs. I'm not particularly bothered either way. Uh, Mark, he says, when are you going to come out uh, with us and lift a few cars? Well, I mean, do you know, I'm, I'm, we'll have to do it, won't we? We'll have to do We'll try and fit it in before Christmas. 
We'll try and withdraw and fit it in before Christmas. I just fa- quite fancy the idea of doing that. Bridget says, um, uh, David's mum's house was burgled after she died. We think that the burglars had seen the notice about the funeral in the paper. Very distressing. Have a good holiday. It is awful, isn't it? I just don't believe that somebody could do that. I mean, I've, it, it, it depresses me beyond belief, I'm afraid. Absolutely. Karen says, I'd happily push your trolley around... What? Has it been repaired, the machine, or have you just made that up? Have you just I put... Have you just made that up. Have you just... Mine's just left. Has he just left? Yeah. I don't believe you. How do you think I would get up so foamy? Yeah, that's the worry, isn't it, nowadays? <laughs> foamy and hot, and it's got sort of bits in it. It hasn't got bits in it. Bloody well has. It's got bits in it, woman. Just doesn't understand, does she? Anyway. Oh, well, I was going to check you the... Um, uh, another one here. Uh, Tom says, Lawrence Olivia had the gay scene with Tony Curtis. Oh, right, like, that's right. Perhaps I just wanted it to be the other way around. You mentioned the talk. I've just seen the interview you had with Robert Osborne from Classic Movies. He mentioned the talk he had with Gene Simmons on the set of Spartacus. My favourite bit, actually, talking about Hollywood movies, was Cleopatra with um, Elizabeth Taylor. And she, she hated the scene where she was brought into Rome and she was, she's carried on this enormous... It was so high, she had a fear of heights. But this thing moved. It was on a thing. So as they lowered it downstairs... It stayed level. Apparently she was petrified, as indeed I would be. I get quite, I get quite worried on these things. I've only got to watch, I said yesterday, I've only got to watch something on the, the television that involves people climbing or looking down. That, the picture of that window cleaner in the paper yesterday just about sent me round, round the bend, I'm afraid. Uh, the PDSA are having a, a dog show at Norman Park in Bromley. So let's hope you had a good day at the dogs. I so did. I so did have a good day. Uh, as we'll tell you later. Uh, Mark likes trapeze. See, a lot of people like trapeze. It's such a good, such a good movie, actually. Gordon, Caroline and Gordon in Betchworth. Will you be tweeting from Vegas? I think highly unlikely. I'm determined to actually switch off, I think. Uh, young Richard from Horsham says, uh, Tony Card... T- t- God, I'll get your teeth right. Tony Curtis, a true legend. One of my most memorable films featured Sidney Poitier. was The Defiant Ones. A brilliant film, but he was also very good in The Persuaders. I've got the whole box set of The Persuaders. He, when he was doing The Persuaders, he had a rather nasty cocaine habit, I'm afraid. Because when he arrived in this country, he was arrested for drugs. He had drugs on him, I'm afraid. And uh, he also had a cocaine habit. But uh, I love The Persuaders. But he was a terrible ad-libber. He would ad-lib. And if you're not, if you're not an actor who's used to working with somebody who ad-libs, you've got to try and work out where they are. You know, and, and, but I, st- I loved it. I love anything like that. Absolutely fantastic. Gary. Morning, Gary. Obviously off to work. You're all up, aren't you, this morning for this? All up for this one. Uh, Richard says, have a great holiday in Lost Wages, Nevada. Hope you get to visit the Liberace Museum. We look forward to seeing the pictures. And uh, did you see Anne Whittaker on the one show last night with Tony Beak? She did a quick dancing demo... And simply proved she could hardly move. Sort of a side-to-side motion. <laughs> That's something. Do you know, you know when you were a kid and you learned to dance? When I used to dance with my mother, I think we, we went... I danced with my mother, and I can't remember what it was. It was something... Anyway, I was quite young, obviously. But I think she stood on my feet, or I stood on hers, and you go round the... Fl- I probably stood on hers, and you go round the floor like that. And so I thought that was dancing. I had no idea that wasn't... Wasn't actually dancing, and that's how I, I'm afraid that poor Anne is. Bryn and Annie say, uh, one thing we both adore about the America is what they call the English breakfast, which is typically American. Eggs over easy, very crisp bacon strips, sauté potatoes, and the crowning glory, pancakes or waffles smothered in lashings of maple syrup and coffee by the bucket load. Do you know that sounds awful? That absolutely sounds... I couldn't touch 
waffles or pancakes and maple syrup if it was the last item of food available. I cannot bear syrups like that. I don't like treacle, black tree, any sort of treacle. I've, treacle tart leaves me absolutely cold. And uh, you, you enjoy that. You enjoy. And Bryn and Annie will talk to you when I, uh, when I get back, which will be next Sunday. So week, week this Sunday. Uh, Roy says... Uh, Stilton, by law, can only be made in the counties of Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire and uh, Leicester. Stilton's a village in Cambridgeshire and became well-known as a place where Stilton cheese could be bought. Uh, whilst in Vegas, you have to check out the gourmet buffet at the Bellagio, the best $30 you'll ever spend. I've, I've decided on this one, I'm not... Uh, I'm not Actually, like most of my holidays, because I don't do holidays, as you know, it's, I find it an unnecessary evil, I'm afraid. It's a nasty... It's a, it's a bourgeoisie thing to do, you know, take holidays and go and suntan yourself and lie on the beach and spend when you go, oh, we're on holiday, let's spend loads of money. It's absolutely ridiculous, I can't bear it. Although I've lost my blooming travel plug, so I've got to go and buy a travel plug today. I got my hair cut yesterday, I've got to go to Paul Savory's this morning to go and pick up the shirts and the, uh, and the jackets for the show on the 4th of December. But uh, I've decided not to, not to sort of worry about spending too much money on this one. Normally, I'm, 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 I'm what you call careful. I don't waste money. You know, I'm not one of these people who staggers back, although people have started giving me lists. Oh, when you're over there, could you get, th- could you get that? Oh, is there any show you get? Well, I'm not doing anything. I'm not getting anything for anybody at all. I'm far too mean. Unless they've actually, you know, wired the money over. I'm not buying diddly squat, I'm afraid. Anyway, uh, no, lovely. It's, I just worry what the foam is on the top. Um, I saw Tony Curtis in Heston years ago, says Neil. He was with a young blonde in a pink American car. I waved to him and he waved back. <laughs> Trust you. I do that as well, yeah. Beep, beep, wave. And everybody waves back to you, if you notice that. Uh, Mag says, uh, Tony Curtis with Janet Lee in the film Black Shield of Falworth. You see, that's a, uh, somebody else has come up with that one. Make sure you go to the Cheesecake Factory in Caesar's Palace Forum, says Winnie. P.S. The film, it's got to be some like it hot. Uh, Michael, the East Ender here, just off the Vegas Strip, an original 50s McDonald's, great decor. I don't really do McDonald's. I'm not a McDonald's kind of person. I used to be a Wendy Burger. Although the place we're in has got a TGI Fridays. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I've, still, I've still got my card, but I think it should take it with me. I've still got a card for actually there with £100 on it, which is about $200. Do you think it's valid over there, though? Yeah, I'll try it. Uh, Mike says, have a magic time. Vegas' gain is our loss. Ian on the M25 used to like Tony Curtis in The Persuaders with Roger Moore. Uh, Tony Curtis' movie is Pink Something with Cary Grant, says Mac. Anybody help us out on that one? Uh, Paula says, who's going to be in place of you? Uh, it's going to be James Max. It's going to be a slightly different programme, uh, as you'll discover. Paula says, oh, that was just done that one. And, and uh, son of Taurus Bulbar, says John and Vic in Smithfield. So there you go. Okay, we'll take uh, some more of your texts a little bit later on. So your favourite Tony Curtis film died the other day at the age of eighty-five. What a good innings! What a good innings! We've lost a couple of people recently. I mentioned Gilda O'Neill, big fan of this program, and uh, we go back long, 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 long way, long, long way, almost back, uh, back Fleet Street uh, times. And she wrote all about the East End, and she lost her uh, her life the other Friday. Very sad. And I think the funeral's next week. So uh, do tweet me with your favourite 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 Tony Curtis film. It's eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC, or you can uh, tweet 
on LBC 973. It's cool, isn't it? You probably don't understand what tweeting is, but I promise you, if you've got a mobile phone, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. You can do it on the computer as well. More on uh, Artem Shivgenskev. Uh, apparently, he gets a real rush of blood when he's with sexy Cara Toynton. Desperately sad Cara Toynton, I'm afraid. Do you know, I don't like her already. I don't know why. Something about her. I, I, I just don't like her. I, don't, I just get the... As I say, nobody ever goes, oh, great actress. Because I always think that the moment you start doing a reality show is the moment your acting career's finished. I just think, who's actually going to take you seriously after that? And the answer is, nobody. Jimmy Mystery's doing it. I know. What's he doing it for? What is he doing? You see, we, we, we go off people when they do things. Because the trouble is, you know that when they do a reality show, they haven't got any other work. And they have to take it, because that's all they've got. For Cara Toynton, she's been floating around doing nothing for ages. Jimmy Mystery, we like Jimmy Mystery. We really like Jimmy Mystery. What's he doing it for? The answer is money. What's Anne Whittacombe doing it for? Quite clearly, money. Everybody does it for money. Yeah, I suppose if you've got a mortgage and kids, doesn't apply to Anne Whittacombe, uh, then, you know, you've, you've sort of, you've, you have to do something. But I just get the feeling some people don't take it seriously. You know, you can take it very seriously and actually emerge the other end with actually a bit of a skill. Or you can be, you know, totally useless and emerge the other end and just not, not do anything at all. You know, not do any, make any effort. Just drives me mad, I'm afraid. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Oh, I've got a surprise for you. got a surprise for you. But I'll have to tell you uh, in the news, which is coming up in a moment. <laughs> Morning, team. Seven minutes past uh, six. We'll have a chat to John Warrington in a moment, because he's uh, he's moored up. So we should actually get through to him today. So we'll have a, a chat to him in a moment. Don't forget, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, pictures of Battersea dogs home from yesterday. There might be one of them where I'm looking slightly scared, because a lot of the dogs in there, I was saying to Laura, who was showing us around... And bumped into all sorts of people, actually. LBC listeners, which was very nice, including a lovely lady from Crystal Palace, and a lady in the cat section as well. I can't remember names. I'm ever so sorry. I'm hopeless at things like that. I can't remember anything for Toffee. It's an age thing. Uh, but lovely people. And um, Laura was showing us around, and loads of staffs. Loads of staffs in there. And then there's a, a big cat section, and they're moving the cats into this new home, which is going to be absolutely lovely. But loads of dogs. But the funny thing you'll notice about the dogs... If, if you go round there, is that um, the moment you take one out of its, uh, of its sort of kennel thing, the others around there go ballistic, jumping up and down and barking, because it's, it's almost as if they're actually saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. That's what they're all saying. I mean, all these staffs are ever so friendly. There was, there was, there was only one dog that was like, like that. The rest of them were fine. And all the cats, they've got different, apart from they've got all their details on there, and they've got the names of the dogs. And there's a lovely dog, which one of them looks like a fox. In fact, you would think it was a fox. In fact, I had to ask, actually. I said, look, it's not a fox, is it? She said, no, it just looks like a fox. There's lots of crossbreeds in there. And, uh, and dogs who just want homes. But once they've moved up to the kennels upstairs, that's their, that's their next stage. Because after that, it's, uh, it's home for many of them. They get picked because people go in there and, and pick them out. They're lovely. There was one that looked like, um, looked like a husky which was really, really lovely. Really, really lovely. So we had a good day. So if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, pictures are on the front page of my visit yesterday to Battersea Dogs Home. They celebrate 150 years, and Ken Livingston tomorrow is going to be doing a feature on it. So a feature with Ken Livingston to celebrate 150 years of the Battersea Dog and Cat Home. We have to remember the cat's very, very important. Operation Petticoat is the movie with Cary Grant, says Tom in Canada, and John Warrington is currently sitting uh, on a boat... 
Uh, hopefully moored up, because we had no dreadful trouble. Uh, when the, these things are at sea, we just can't get um, a signal out to them. So uh, he's got lots of boring stories, so we won't be hearing those this morning. We'll just be hearing the fact that where he is. Morning, John. Good morning, and how are you? I'm very good. Are you actually, you're actually in your cabin, are you? I'm on, I'm on my balcony, if you don't mind. Oh, right. And I'll tell you where we are. I am docked in one of what must be the most, one of the busiest harbours I have ever seen in my life. All right. I am in Istanbul, and I'm looking out. The sun has just come up over the Bosphorus, and there are... Come up over your what? Over the Bosphorus. Oh, right. Which is like preposterous, <laughs> but with a B. <laughs> mm. And so I am looking at the entire vista of both the Asian and the European side of Istanbul. Oh, right. The fourth largest city in the world, a population of 16.5 billion people. And there are so many boats, you might be able to hear them, actually, just in the distance, that there are boats going by, but not just one boat. You think the Thames is busy, you should see this. This is massive. And there are 40, 50, 60 boats passing us at any time. And in fact, had you phoned five minutes earlier, you'd have missed, you would have got all the excitement because we were being refueled. Oh. We are being refueled at this very moment. This great tank has pulled up by the side of us mm. and hooked a sort of a hose into us and off we go filling up, ready for the next part of our journey. Is that what they've told you? That they're, they're filling up? <laughs> well, that's what they've said, actually. <laughs> I think they're taking it out. Yes, I think they're taking <laughs> out. I think, I think you've actually been, been, uh, been boarded by pirates and they're nicking the fuel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're really in the Sudan, and we're about to be taken away. How nice. But the, the, the view here, I've got the top of Kali Palace right in front of me. Yeah. I've got the, the famous Blue Mosque, which isn't blue at all, by the way. Yeah, they never are. blue be- because the, inside the tiles on all the walls make the air look blue, which gets very thick and, and hot inside in the summer. Uh, and yesterday we went uh, on a boat trip, which everybody must do if they come to Istanbul. And you go up the Bosphorus, which is a lovely word, isn't it? Isn't it lovely? It's, all, it's great when you're playing Scrabble and you can't spell it. <laughs> so we, we, we took off and we did a two-hour trip up the Bosphorus. And I, I always imagined Istanbul to be sort of a slightly run-down kind of old yeah. world sort of place. And there is a little bit of this, quite the old part of uh, Istanbul is like that. Well, we went on cruise up the, up the river and I have never seen so many glamorous, gorgeous buildings in all my life. Wow. Apartments over with the most spectacular views. It makes Sydney Harbour and, and sort of Kingston, all those lovely houses along Kingston, look like look slums in comparison. They must be very, very wealthy, these Turkish people. Yeah. I can't believe I think you actually get a lot for your money, don't you? Oh, a lot for your money. It's a sensational place to visit for a long weekend. I can remember seeing a but place really years ago, it turned up on one of these TV programmes where a couple were looking abroad, and it was this fantastic... I thought it was a multi-millionaire's house, and it was something like £160,000. But this thing had marble floors, and it had up the walls, and it had six bedrooms and bathrooms. It was just unreal. Yeah, some of the houses that we passed yesterday on the cruise mm. going up, yeah, they, were, they must have had 20 or 30 rooms. Wow. There are mansions built yeah. right on the water with beautiful yachts parked outside. Them. Oh, don't you make you just, feel homesick. <laughs> it really, really does think. But my, my journey, first of all, I must tell you what ship I'm on, which is the Queen Victoria. Oh, this is the new one, uh, isn't it, in Cunard's fleet? Cunard's latest ship, which is absolutely sensational. We had a bit of a contretemps about the restaurant, actually. Uh, we were seated at the Britannia restaurant, and there was a bit of a, a, a there's four of us on this trip. 
One of them, incidentally, my friend Anne, and you just said and mentioned Battersea Dogs Home uh, and the, their 150th anniversary. Well, she is a volunteer dog walker for uh, Battersea Dogs Home and does it twice a week. Right. She takes them out for a walk. So there's lots of good people doing good things. But when we got to the restaurant, we had a terrible table in the restaurant. It was absolutely shocking. Anyway, we got that sorted and moved. And now we're in a very, very high. And we've gone from uh, the Siberia to the Cote d'Azur, if you know what I mean. Where are you off to and next? Off to next. Tomorrow, uh, we leave here at 4.30 this afternoon. Right. And we're heading to Samos, which is an island, which is a Greek island, just off the uh, Turkish coast. I thought he was somebody in Grange Hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he's selling kebab. <laughs> Sounds Canara. lovely. And when, when do you get back, then? We don't get back until I don't get back until next week because wow. although so far we've been to Santorini, uh, we've been to oh, we're to Naples, which was not very nice. We, Naples is a horrible city, by the way, very grimy and dirty, mm, mm. full of graffiti. Oh, uh, we like started Rome. off in Rome. Yes, well, we started off in Rome uh, just to Tibetio, and then we go to Samos, and then we're going to Athens, and then we're going to uh, Zakynthos, and then we're going to Dubrovnik, and then we're going to Venice for two nights, wow. and then finally we're going by train up to Verona oh, to nice. fly home. Oh, well, that's that. Well, listen, in, enjoy the rest of it. Yes, I will indeed. And uh, I hope the weather stays kind for you. I'm off to Vegas Sunday, and uh, I'm told it's 92 over there. 92 degrees. 92 degrees. Santorini, it was 32 degrees. Oh, was it? Oh, we, had, we, we had to go up in a cable car to the capital city of Yes, yeah, that's, that's a very boring story. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there, John. Very interesting, you don't want I'm sure. To hear about my donkey poo. No, sadly not. I mean, it really is absolutely really? riveting. I mean, for you, it's riveting. For the rest of us here, there's people nodding off. Uh, so what we'll do? I mean, if 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 I feel like it, I might talk to you in a few minutes after the headlines. You might, might you? Well, I might. It, it depends. I, I have to look and see how much money we have, we've got on the on the credit account before we actually call your number again. <laughs> so it's costing us a small fortune. It's more than ten p so far. It's very, really? very expensive. As much as that. As much as that. So, now, so you, 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 you go and sort of stand on your balcony a little bit longer, and I'll come back to you in a moment. Okay. Okay. Off he goes. Mad as a brush, isn't he? I think he's been drinking. Quarter past six. News headlines, Jim Diamond. Forward slash podcasts and listen again. Morning, everybody. We're just trying to get John back again. He's, he's probably phoning everybody going, I'm on the Steve Allen Early Breakfast Show on LBC. So we're just trying to get him back. Uh, Phil says, my favourite Tony Curtis film is Operation Petticoat with Cary Grant. Richie, hope all was good uh, yesterday. Oh, right, that's what it was. OK. He says, I do like Some Like It Hot, but I grew up with Tony in The, in the Persuaders. You see? It's, it's, it's my era, too. Absolutely love The Persuaders. Was that the one that did In the Avenues and Alleyways? It was very good. We had... Um, uh, Roger Moore playing Lord... So, I can't remember what his name was. The flats always looked a bit naff, actually. Carmen says, uh, great choice, Las Vegas. Hopefully you'll take some pictures so we can see you chilling out by the pool. Do you seriously think I'm going to be taking pictures of me? On oh, second, I might actually. I might actually, as a special treat, take a picture of me and my Speedos by the side of the pool and then, uh, and then put, put them up on Twitter. <laughs> on second thoughts, I might, might regret that. But I might do something which, which involves undressing. OK? Two travel plugs for a pound, Stephen. Poundland, says Ian. Thank goodness for that. Uh, John's back again. We, we won't actually keep him uh, too long. Uh, but he, ha- he has sent me a picture this morning of his... Uh, oh, no, it was the other morning you sent it, wasn't it? Of your view, which was lovely, John. Did you like that view? Well, it's just a picture of water. No. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, you, could have, you could have been sitting in my bath. 
I sent you one this... I could be sitting in your bath because there's a great <laughs> chair in there. <laughs> What's the matter with that? That's, that's, what, that's <laughs> the picture we want of you on the website. You in your Speedo sitting on that chair. <laughs> I'll pay oh, sorry, for it. I'm, I do beg your pardon. I've just seen the picture you've just sent me now. Oh, it's nice, isn't ah, it? Trees and amazing. minarets. Minarets. Lots of minarets. They'll start calling for prayer any minute now. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's, we can all join in. I like, the, <laughs> like that idea. It does look nice, doesn't it? It's a little bit murky. Yes. Well, it's early in the morning here. Yes. Well, it's not as early as it is there. There's certainly and a lot of minarets, up. John. Lots of minarets. Oh, there's more, far, far more minarets. In, one, in fact, one of them's got minarets covered in scaffolding. Oh. It's quite interesting. Nice it's so. quite strange. Look, yeah. antennas coming out of the sky. What's the, listen, for, for, for those people interested, uh, food like on board? Excellent. Oh, an right. unbelievable amount of food. Yeah, lots, well, there will be. I mean, generally speaking, you do actually go and stock up, don't you? Oh, they certainly <laughs> do feed you. The bus never, ever stops. Yeah. It is 24 hours a day. As they finish lunch... They do afternoon snacks, followed by afternoon tea, followed by late afternoon tea for yeah. really, really, really lardy people who just can't get enough food. In fact, it's quite funny. There was a girl the other day, and she was standing at the buffet. I was getting a, two pieces of toast for my breakfast, and she was standing there, and she had sausage, bacon, eggs. In fact, two eggs, baked beans. She had a roll stuffed in her mouth. Someone was making her a sandwich, and she had two cups of tea, and I thought to myself, goodness me, you're sort of eating on the go, and then you're going to go and sit down and eat. <laughs> it's so easy well, that, that is the danger, that if you are going on a cruise, you've really got to be very careful, because there is food available all it the is. time. And if you don't sit at the, the back of the boat and go to the restaurants, if you go to the front of the boat, in, in our case, the front of the ship, they were doing burgers and ribs, and it was just non-stop. It's non-stop. I don't know where all the food comes from, and it is... It's astonishing, and we have all been, all four of us have been very, well, fairly careful. Uh, but we did go to the Todd English, which is the, the restaurant that you have to pay a supplement for. Oh, right. Uh, that was $30, but that is fine dining. That's like eating at Claridge's. What, and for breakfast? Absolute, you can go for lunch or for dinner. Right. And it is magnificent. Yeah. But there are lots of bars. I have to tell you, though, that this particular cruise, uh, it's, it's quite a quiet cruise. There's no dancing in the aisles or people wandering around partying oh at night. Oh good. There's a good assortment of nationalities as well. Lots of Americans, a few Brits, um, you know, Italians and Spanish. But we found a really, really great bar. It's called Churchill's Bar. And we're the only people in it. And it's on <laughs> deck 10. And it's a private room with very beautiful leather sofas yeah. and bookcases and everything. And mm. you can it's the only place you can smoke. So we oh, kind of go in there after <laughs> dinner at night and have a bottle of Perrier Jouet and sit there and put You can the smoke in the bar. You can actually smoke indoors. Only one. There's only one place. It's called oh, Churchill's Bar, yeah. and it's really the cigar bar. Yeah. And they've got a, a, a kind of a refrigerator oh. full of cigars. How lovely. And it's lovely. But you can go out on deck, and there's two, two swimming pools, fantastic gym, yeah. and it's all state-of-the-art, and some of the rooms are absolutely stunning. The one, the, the one thing that makes it special is their theatre here. Every ship has a theatre on board, yes. as you know, and they do those shows. But this one has balconies. It's like a proper London theatre. Mm. And you can hire the balconies. It's quite cheap, actually. It's $50 per couple. Uh, you can have a balcony. You get uh, four, two glasses of champagne to start, canopies and chocolates, mm. and then two glasses at the end, and a signed picture from the cast. What, for $50? For $50 for two. $25 That's very each. It's about 30, 35 quids. Yeah, for two. That's very good. I hope you're doing so that. If we can 
we are going to do that. Yeah. We're going to wait for a good show. Yes. There was an Irish dancing one the other night, which oh. would, would have been quite good, but I think we are going to do that when we're more in not quite right. out all day on a port. Because we're going to do an open-top bus tour of Turkey today. That'll be nice on the water. Not the whole of Turkey, just Istanbul. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, listen, very, very in, in, enjoy the rest of it. I'm, no doubt you'll be taking more, more pictures of the... Uh, mm. Of the sort of the scenery, just don't send them oh, to yes, me. Oh yes, I will. I, mean, I don't. I want, t- don't, don't send me any more pictures. I'm away on Sunday. It'll start costing me a fortune. Exactly, and I want to wish you a fantastic holiday in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, you must go and watch the Bellagio fountain. For yes, hours I, well, and hours apparently and hours. Uh, breakfast at the Bellagio is only thirty dollars, and you can see the fountains. And you can see, see the fountains the from there, which is actually not Absolutely. bad, is it? and have a look at the pool area there, because it is sensational. I'm only there but for I a few days. Sure. I haven't got enough time to do all the things everybody's telling me to do. Well, we've got to go and try on all Liberace's clothes. Well, I have to get round to that and see, see what they're selling in the museum that I can afford to bring back in a small case. But, uh, have you got I'm, your new shirts yet? Got my new shirts. I'm going to pick them up this morning from Paul Savory, oh, who's are? not been at all well, you know. Really? He's been really quite ill. He picked up a... There was a man next to him on the plane, sneezing and wheezing and coughing, and he picked that hey. up. Uh, the the cough and the wheeze and the sneeze and all the rest of it, and uh, he's been quite ill. Oh, poor Paul. Quite ill. Well, so give him my regards. I will. I'll, I'll see him later on this morning, so I'll pick up the shirts and the jackets for the show on the 4th of December at the Mermaid Theatre. And uh, I've just got this image of you now, stepping off your virgin flight, yes. arriving in Las Vegas like a glitter ball. <laughs> yes. Well, With take, take that image out of your mind and think of other things. Go and have your breakfast. <laughs> and I'll, I'll talk to you when I get back. You have a fabulous time, and we'll get together when you get back. All right, John, take care. Lots of love. Take Bye. care. John Warrington, who's off on Cunard's, Cunard's latest ship. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Uh, I like the prince who is the thief, with Piper Laurie, says Jennifer. Uh, Linda says, if you can't be good, be careful. Darren says, won't you be too jet-lagged to do your show on the Monday when you get back? No. I don't tend to, um, I don't tend to get jet-lagged. Having said that, you watch. Let's wait and see. Rhee and Primrose Hill, the imposter. Have a good time in Las Vegas. Was Tony Curtis the great Leslie in the great race, says Dan. Can't remember, but I think you, you might be right. Please say hello to Martina in Southwest One. Pink Petticoat, great film with Cary Grant. Duggan Loughton says, going to miss you, but you're going to miss the Woodford Jazz Festival with the Strong Sisters singing. Ray in Barkingside says, have a great holiday and get pictures at the museum. This is the Liberace Museum to find out what's going on there. Trish says... It's going to be a long week for me. I deliver papers around London, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. And Dave says, I've uh, made, which is very good news, actually, a bust-enhancing cream that's guaranteed to work or your money back. He says, to make it work, I insist on applying it personally. I've given all the money back so far, but I'm very happy. There you go. It's always nice to find somebody this morning. Nick Ferrari this morning. Midi Hassan, the senior editor of politics for New Statesman, is looking at the papers. Should employers be liable for the discriminatory actions of a third party? Yes, says Jane Russell, who's a barrister. No, says Daniel Barnett, who's an employment barrister. Uh, talking about business as well. Uh, Harriet Harman says Labour must promote best female talent. Is she right? Yes says Orlando Ward. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari and the team after the news at seven this morning. Don't forget, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, then you can uh, see all the pictures which we took at Battersea Dogs and the other. There's only about 29 of them, but there's pictures of me there. In fact, one particular picture looking <laughs> slightly scared. I've always been a bit scared of staffies, but I'm trying to be quite brave. And the other thing is, what is the most unusual thing about these pictures is that 90% of the staff at Battersea are women. The dogs only see women. That's, there's, we, only have, we only saw one other bloke there.
who was cleaning out, because 8 o'clock in the morning is their cleaning out and then they feed and all the rest of it. Uh, but they see women all the time. So, uh, so Laura said, you know, if you actually, uh, you know, see some of the dogs that are retreat, it's because they don't, they don't come into contact with men very often. But in fact, they were all very friendly with me, a lot of, a lot of tummy tickling going on, not by me. And uh, they were mainly tickling my tummy. And one of them licked my coat, which has <laughs> driven me mad, I'm afraid. So I'm going to have to take it in, because I stood on the train and all I could smell was dog. I'm convinced that because two of them, one of them licked my hand, then another one licked my hand. I think they're trying to eat it, actually. I think they lull you into a false sense of security down at Battersea. And dogs go, love you, love you, love you. And they take your hand off. But, uh, no, we had a lovely day, and they celebrate 150 years with Ken Livingstone. Tomorrow, he's going to be talking about Battersea. Who'd have thought 150 years? And strangely, as I pointed out to Laura yesterday, 150 years on... We've still got the same problem. Still people are dumping dogs and they're buying dogs and, and they go, oh, yes, let, let's, let's have, have a dog. And the kids go, yeah, we really want a dog. So they have a dog and a few months later they suddenly realise it's hard work. You know, the, these, these dogs, and when you get dogs in there who are abused and things like that, you think, why did you take the dog in the first place? That's why they vet you now before they let you take one of their dogs. But they've got quite a number there. And they're all looking for, for happy families to go into. But they've also got, you know, if, they, if they're good with kids or good with other animals, it says everything there. But it's worth, worth a visit, I promise you. It's a part of London that uh, hopefully will never go. With BT Vision, this season, football has a brand new player. 27 minutes to 7, Friday morning in London town. Mary says, thank you for reminding us about the plight of animals. I think I, I just said, actually, long may Battersea Dogs Home be there. But secretly inside, I'm thinking, you wish it wasn't there. Because it means that people are abandoning animals, they let them go, they, they take them in, they mistreat them. So, secretly you hope that we've actually got better with animals, but unfortunately, the hard facts are, we've actually got worse. Started years ago by a lady, 150 years ago, and, uh, and they're still there, and still taking in animals, and uh, still people go through the doors... <coughs> and you can go and have a look. They've got, they've got lovely signs up which go, more dogs this way. And you think there are loads of... They just want to see people. They absolutely want to see people. They really do. So if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, there's the pictures that we took yesterday when I went down there. Uh, Steve, says Mary, missing you already. Have a great time. $20 on black number 11. <laughs> You've all got a bit... I'm not putting any money on anything at all. Not for you, Chinese Amanda. No, I'm not doing any money. All right, you've lost it. OK, give me, give me £100. I'll, I'll put it on any number I think of. Uh, for me, says Barbara, Tony Curtis's ability as an actor shone through in his role as a sleazy press agent to Burt Lancaster's megalomaniac newspaper columnist in Sweet Smell of Success, 1957. Never afraid to play unlikable characters, unlike some actors who never take on a role outside of their comfort zone. It is true. Um, Michael Dennis has done me a poem. Uh, to celebrate Battersea Dogs Home. Michael, as you know, is the black cab poet. He says, uh, I see the volunteer dog walkers every day as I drive up and down Queenstown Road. It's always the same dedicated people I see in all weathers. It is. And it's mainly girls. It's mainly ladies. This one goes as follows. I'll read it in, in, in my best way that I can. Battersea Dogs Home. God, what a place. Stray dogs in their cage. Sad look on their face. There's no need to fret. They still have a chance. For their future, they'll do all they can to enhance. Dogs eagerly jump up with their tails a-wagging. Their antics, they hope, a new hope they're bagging. Some bark for attention, some play with a toy. Perhaps a new family can bring them some joy. Some dogs just sit there, all sad and forlorn, mistreated and starved since the day they were born. As it's inner city, some dogs you will see have not been looked after. Great shame to me. 
Then there's a section where some dogs may bite. Here's where one ponders their chances and plight. They're less likely to find a home on this one you can bet, for the people who are here want a loving family pet. Working there behind the scenes, a host of loyal staff. Every day they toil unselfishly on the dog's behalf. To all the stray dogs out there, wherever you may roam, there's security and solace at the Battersea Dogs Home. There you go, Michael. Thank you very much indeed. It is true. It's just like that, actually. Big, big smell of poo, though, everywhere. Because they were <laughs> out. And dogs, for some reason, just walk in it. I don't know why they just do. But they, they just want to see somebody. They just want to see somebody. Could be you today, couldn't it? Could be you today. You could be that person who goes down there and thinks, I'm going to take it. But don't just take on, you know, dogs just for the, uh, for the sake of it. Thank you, Norman in Camden. Uh, the pound, he says, uh, I work near King's Cross and travel money are offering uh, 154 compared to the HSBC's 149. I think all the banks were atrocious with their money. Atrocious. So I'd, I'd, I'd never get money from the bank, I'm afraid. I'd always go to... So with Marks and Spencer's generally quite good. They're not as good as that. They're about 151.6. So you're looking at nearly one, 152. Avenue and Alleyway, sung by Tony Christie, themed to the Protectors. Fam- famous uh, Favourite Persuaders episode, Man in the Middle, with guest star Terry Thomas. Thank you, Danny, very much indeed. He says, uh, we'll miss you next week, but have a great holiday. Actually, I think it's going to be very good. Um, Steve, Monte Carlo or Bust, my favourite film. Measle, the Battersea cat, whose naughty exploits were famously chronicled on radio and later in books, died this week at the age of almost 20, says Jane. Uh, Jerry says, your renditioning of Avenues and Alleyways was from The Protectors with Robert Vaughan and Nairi Dawn Porter. Uh, Angela says, uh, I just like Tony Curtis. Don't have a particularly favourite film, The Persuaders. You know, some like it hot, like all of those. Uh, Anne liked all of the stuff. She says, we women could look and think what a wonderful weekend we could have with him. Well, could he cook or he had a bottle opener? Something like that. Uh, that's the trouble, isn't it? Uh, one says, uh, somebody says, I never thought Las Vegas was your type of place. What, cheap, tacky and gaudy? Are you serious? Of course it is. It's absolutely. What, glitter gulch? Are you mad? It's got every single thing that Steve Allen likes. It's cheap, it's tacky, it's gaudy, it's brash, it's big, it's beautiful, it's over the top. It's absolutely everything I like. Absolutely everything. As long as it's got a bed that I can shut the door and, and say, say goodbye to it. Uh, Copperfield at the MG. I've seen Copperfield before. He's looking a bit tired. His last review of his show didn't get a great one. And he, he, he's not really a magician's magician, Copperfield. He, he tends to do it now, and he walks through it. I mean, he does the same show about 300 times a year. He must be bored witless, I'm afraid. Um, Fran says, can't wait to hear all your stories when you get back. Well, I'm hoping to bring you back stories of being shot up and gangsters and all over the place and that kind of stuff. Well, failing that, I'll, I, will, I will put some pictures on Twitter, probably when we get back. can't think of any other way to do it. Uh, on the website, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do some. Staff are very loving, uh, very friendly dogs, unless they're trained to be otherwise, says Jay. Well, they, they get them out of that down at Battersea. There are certain dogs that they sort of... Well, once they've moved upstairs to the kennels where the public go round, then uh, they're looking for the home. Kate's got uh, a border collie from the Dogs Trust, four years ago. Rescue dogs make amazing pets, almost as if they know they've been given a second chance. I know some of them don't get the second chance. They don't, they don't get a second chance. Not as many they have to put down as, as, as people think they do, but sometimes dogs are just... They, they just can't help them. They've been so badly treated. Uh, Pat says, just seen a photo of a gorgeous black cat at the Battersea Dog and Cat Home. It's a spitting image of my cat Lucy, who passed away last Saturday, age 17. Do you know they've got lots of black cats down there? If you're looking for a new cat... 
get down there because they, they've got loads of cats. Some of the, one of them's got the funniest face ever. We had to take a picture of it because it was the funny face. It's just it sort of stares at you. Think no cat can look like that. And then you go there. It's got crazy face, crazy eyes. Luckily, I'm delighted that uh, Tony Curtis does make the front of a lot of the papers this morning. Plus the. Um, the star names protesting at the politically biased union, planning to black out next week's Tory conference on the television. Don't worry, it'll be on the radio, so that's OK. Uh, the Sun this morning, uh, the copycat chemical suicide. Luckily, neighbours kind of alerted police to it, too late to do anything. Um, the, the flat had taped up windows and blocked air vents. What is it with people who want to take their own lives? What is it? That people do? They, these were uh, women in their 20s. Women in their 20s. They used cyanide on a barbecue. So they, they blocked out the wind. You think, what, how can life be that bad? Can life be that bad? You've got nobody to talk to. I suppose it must be for some people. Terrible. Patsy Kensett caused a panic during Strictly Come Dancing. She tried not to talk about herself. No, I'm joking. Uh, she apparently uh, nearly passed out. She didn't actually pass out. She almost passed out through exhaustion. She's been struggling to cope with her recent marriage breakup. That'll be marriage number four, will it, Patsy? Or five or six? Or I've lost track of where you are, darling. She's also filming Holby City. I mean, it's just so traumatic. Nobody, I wouldn't mind. Nobody's forced her to do this. She's filming Holby City and she's trying to lose weight after being shocked at seeing her figure on television. We've had to look at it for ages, dear. How do you think we feel? It's awful, really. I mean, you know, don't, don't give me these sob stories, these feeble excuses. You know, she's so stressed out, she's doing that. Nobody's made her do it. She said yes to it. It's as simple as that. A source said, it's all been very stressful. She's overworked and worried about how much rehearsal she's putting in. Oh, God. Spare me from uh, third-rate celebrities, ladies and gentlemen, who start moaning about the fact that last year they only turned over half a million pounds. How the rest of us suffer. How the rest of us suffer. Uh, more on Tiger Woods' uh, porn star, Devon James. Devon knows how they make it so tasty. But anyway, here she is. And she's only 29. She looks about 50, of course. But uh, she's willing to sell the sex tape. Oh, how lovely. <sighs> Just like she all club together. All club together in that, that one. Um, I do like Frankie Boyle's column. It's very good. He says here, I mean, some of it's a bit rude, so put your fingers in your ears and do la-la-las. He says, Jordan got nicked taking her kids to Disneyland Paris. You'd have think they'd have had quite enough of oversized plastic caricatures by now and seeing immense queues for a disappointing ride. <laughs> I mean, just... <laughs> Every week he writes something and I think, that's so funny. Jordan and cage fighter Alex Reed had to battle their way through photographers outside the court. She got to the car easily, but he got knocked down 12 times. <laughs> She says, the jury of 12 men came to a unanimous verdict. They all would, but they feel thoroughly ashamed of themselves afterwards. I mean, it's just, I love it. I mean, the, the sun, they must go through Frankie's column and they must sit there and laugh like drains. Because I, I keep watching, a, I tell you, I'm sick to death of watching on the television. Every time I turn on, unless he's done a load, Rufus Hound is everywhere. Every time you turn on the television, Mr. Dreary, boring. Can you get your agent to say no occasionally? You know, do us all a favour. Oh, blimey, he's on everything. Everything, everything, everything. Uh, what else we got here in the papers today? Oh, they've got Jag's new car, which is which is electric. Quite like the idea of electric. I'm a bit worried about this boob cream and this face lotion. It goes to the more... Ex- well, I'm worried about boob cream because I don't, I don't want women to feel cheated. I don't want somebody to go and spend £125 on cream called boob job to rub something... to rub some cream on your your bits, for 56 days for the hope of increasing them by an inch. And then, after three months, they go down again. The, the gel available in John Lewis, I mean, God, you feel like saying to the women, don't you feel embarrassed selling this? 
is made by a company who say this is a fast and safe alternative to a surgery which will give you the cleavage fit for the red carpet. It's a load of rubbish. It will not give you the cleavage for the red carpet. You've got to, if the red carpet's tomorrow, forget it. Or three months' time, forget it. Because, unfortunately, after you've done it, after three months, you go back to where you were again. So they want you to spend another £125. And if, as this cream says, it lifts and plumps by an inch, so if it's applied to skin, it plumps that up by an inch. I can only say, if you're listening, George Michael, and you've got the money, you know... I mean, 120... I mean, just see... Well, you know, just honestly, women buy anything now, don't they? I don't think you should... Thank goodness I'm here to tell you the honest truth. It's like, you know, can we get rid of cellulite with a cream? No. No, you can't. You're going to have that dimpled orange look for ages. You can rub anything on there. Any cream. It's the action. You can get things to firm you. But to be honest with you, who cares? Who cares? Listen, nobody worries about whether you've got, you know, dimples on the back. My auntie Enid has got a road map at the back of her legs. I mean, nobody's ever said she's unattractive. And she's still... Well, she gets herself into a one-piece now. I mean, it's admittedly, but it's cut fairly high on the thighs. But uh, but she she doesn't care. She said, listen, I'm looking forward. Who can see at the back of me, Stephen? She calls me Stephen. You know, and, and Matron says, you know, I mean, she doesn't care. She's sort of, pre- you know, she's not one of these people who feels she wants to be manipulated by, by the media. A kebab shop owner nicknamed Fat Tony has won the first ever award for Britain's best donna. I mean, how difficult can it be to sort of put a pita bread on there, slice it, slice some meat with either an electric thing or a carving knife, put it into a thing that's soaked in oil, and then tip it into the thing and say, you want chilli sauce? How complicated can that be? I ask myself. The answer is, not very difficult. Don't forget, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, or tweet me, lbc973. News headlines, Jim Diamond. Your say this morning from 7, lbc 97.3. Good news is they're bringing Latin back to life. Apparently, thanks to an online translation tool, Google have added the dead language to its translate services, allowing users to get an instant version in English. It's good, actually. Uh, Boris Johnson has backed the tool, saying it was long awaited by Latin fans. Speaking as somebody who had to learn Latin at an early age, I can only say, as I didn't go on to be a chemist or a botanist or anything like that, it never actually affected me in the slightest. Have a listen to Nick Ferrari at breakfast and drive with James Whale from Monday as they want to make your Monday by giving you the chance to win a fantastic trip to Taiwan. You'll be able to experience some of the world's finest Chinese cuisine and you'll be flying business class all thanks to China Airlines and the Taiwan Tourism Bureau. So make sure you listen to LBC 97.3 on Monday for your chance to win. How lovely. I could just eat some Chinese cuisine now. But I could definitely eat some uh, Chinese cuisine. Uh, Paula says, I don't understand how dogs are treated like that. I want a dog. You know, people want a dog, mistreat them, and then they don't want them. It upsets me. Uh, well, people are like that. That's what they're like. They just, they have dogs. Unfortunately, a lot of people in London have dogs as a status symbol. They, you know, it's, it's really quite awful. Uh, Susanna says, uh, have a great time in the USA. Lynn says, I do wish people would give more thought before buying a dog. They need love, patience, and it's expensive to keep them healthy. But Conrad made the most pertinent point today regarding the bust cream, which you rub on... And after 56 days of rubbing, eventually they increase by an inch. He says, well, the bus cream make your hands bigger too. Oh, yes, that, that, that is the side effect. You will have hands the size of dinner plates because presumably if you're rubbing cream into your, into your fleshy bits at the top, your, your hands are fairly flat. Wouldn't that have the same effect? You're going to end up with big fat fingers, aren't you? Of course, I haven't mentioned that bit. That's the side effect. 
Once you've got little feet, if you rub it on your feet, you can end up with a size bigger. I quite like, actually. I quite like that idea. So, some people want to say something in Latin. Okay. <clears throat> Puella. Puella Stella, Rex, Amoa Massamat, Omama Samatis Amant. Okay. That means I love, you love, we love, they love. Okay. Puella is a girl, Stella is a star, Rex is the king. And that's about as far as we got at eight years old. For some reason, we didn't need to do anything. I did find that programme the other night on the television. I didn't think I'd find it. And it was the kids who were at um, prep school from the age of eight. And some of them found it really difficult. You're away from your parents. And then they met some of the parents. But it turns out that from this particular prep school, a lot of the boys go on to Eton. Eton seemed to be the preferred choice. And at the age of eight and nine and eleven, they were teaching them about their interview at Eton. And they were saying, when you go into the room, remember, start talking about yourself straight away. They don't hear, don't, that the first words you utter, they do not want to hear them asking you the question and then you giving the answers being the first thing you ever say. So from the moment you walk into the room, it's, you look them in the eye and you give them a hand. These are children of 11. So these are children who can conduct a conversation with an adult at the age of 8, 9 or 10. And that you, you look, you give a firm handshake and you look them in the eye and you say, good morning, sir. And then you sit down and you start talking about yourself. What they're looking for is confidence. Confident children. And the parents who, who, who pay for this are looking for the best education. Some of the boys in these classes, there were, I think, six boys in a class. And two of the boys were sitting there. And, and, and some inner city schools, uh, they don't have enough desks. And they have to sit on the floor cross-legged. And the other one said, do you think all of them? And he said, I think, I think most of them, yes. And these were eight-year-olds. It was like listening to little adults. But it, it makes them very... Very sort of um, confident. It gives you it gives you something that you wouldn't get anywhere else because all the boys are in the same class, and I'm, it reminded me so much of what I went through. It wasn't exactly the best experience, but I mean it was it was okay. But if your parents don't take you at half term at the Exiat, then you generally get farmed out to another family who will take you as well. So you you sort of get. And I remember going to to um, I suppose it must be one of my friends, but I can't remember who it was at the time, being farmed off to somebody else's house, and you think, blimey, they've got a really big house. But as your kids, you just play, don't you? You don't really think about it. They didn't want me the next term. They didn't want me at all, the other people. I had to go to my Auntie Ivy. Uh, Jack Duckworth, Auntie, well, Auntie Enid at the time was living abroad. I'll just say it was something to do with red lights. That's all. I'm not going to go into it because it's too embarrassing. But Jack Duckworth is going to be reunited in eternity with Vera when his ashes are scattered into the sea at Blackpool. Has he died then in Corrie? If I miss this bit, you think he's going to die? Oh, right. Oh, because he's coming in, actually. He's coming in. Ah. And um, Simon Cowell is fed up with goody two-shoe singers. Goody, goody, two shoes. And uh, he wants people with a bit of edge to them. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather they, they could sing as opposed to the fact they have a story to tell. I'm not, I'm not interested in somebody's story. I really don't care. I'm more interested in, uh, in whether they, they can sing, which is good. Paul, Paul Daniels is getting ready to dance. Uh, he said, he said I, I, I like the idea that people are taking their clothes off for it. Because most of the girls wear very little. In fact, he, he's dancing with a girl here called Ola Jordan. Ola. And uh, Ola's wearing what can only be described as nothing. I mean, it's it's a hanky, a little bit of flippily, niggly, jittily bit round here, and that's it. It's a bikini, for all intents and purposes. And Whittacombe isn't. And uh, other people, they're all wearing hardly anything. They're hardly, I mean, it really is, I mean, it's... I just find it too much, I'm afraid. Uh, X Factor Novelty Act and Real Bore Chico, they say, is going to be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. 
an insider said, that'll be his agent, Chico, uh, will join the Jungle Gang in November. Viewers loved him, his cheeky chappy ways during X Factor. No, we didn't. We thought he was stupid. And we haven't changed our opinion as well. Uh... Oh, you like Chico time? What time is it? It's Chico time. Lovely. Go away, you silly boy. Um, uh, other celebrities rumoured to be in the frame. Jenny Thompson. Yeah, you see, you don't know who Jenny Thompson is. Jenny Thompson, Wayne Rooney's friend. You know, Wayne Rooney. Well, that's what they're saying. I, I presume she has an agent by now. Well, of course she can't, because maybe we don't want people like that in the jungle. They're a bad, bad... Um, Bad, um, well, anyway, they're not nice. Uh, Tara Palmer-Tompkinson laughed off claims drugs are to blame for her wonky nose. She's only 38. She's only 38. I remember when she used to come into LBC. God, she was bonkers, I'm afraid. And uh, she says here, my nose hasn't collapsed. I haven't done drugs for ten years. Still as mad as a brush, though, isn't it? It obviously just stays in the system for as long as possible. Yeah, she's nice, except she was a bit mad when she was on LBC. In fact, she was more than a bit mad. I think that would be an understatement. She was completely bonkers. Balmy, balmy bonkers. Uh, Other stories in the papers today. More on the hooker, Chloe Mafia, accused of running a a thing we can't mention on the programme, but apparently people have contacted her via the website. She's not replied. I mean, to be honest with you, it is. It's just gross. It is. Whichever way you look at it, you go, hello, mum, this is my new girlfriend. All you'd hear is a scream and your mother collapsing, I should imagine, in a a dead faint. Uh, More on the... um, the conviction exposed for Joanna Riley, who's in The Apprentice, apparently for abusing three cabbies. Joanna screamed obscenities at the Asian cab drivers after a boozy night out. I mean, they say here she's mixed race. It doesn't make any difference. I'm sorry, racism is racism. You know, I couldn't care less, I'm afraid. Could not care less at all. Not a very nice person. Who do people complain about in the banking world? Lloyds. Lloyds apparently gets the most complaints. They have pointed out that uh, they are the biggest, so quite clearly they would get the most complaints. Doesn't quite work, as far as I'm concerned. And here she is, uh, sharp-tongued Kelly Osborne, otherwise known as that foul-mouthed woman, I'm afraid, on the Osbournes. Talking about Lindsay Lohan, she says, I couldn't give a rat's bottom if she lives or dies. At the end, she says, uh, she's a strong girl, I wish her the best, but Kelly won't back Lilo. She says, I'm not feeding her ego. This is, says Kelly, with the biggest ego in the world. Oh, dear, you poor little soul, honestly. Uh, Great time in Vegas. Check out the Matt King comedy show. I'll be seeing uh, Matt King, actually, while I'm over there. And you get a free pass for the Juice Bus, which links the strip to... We have a car. We have a car. We don't need to worry about getting on a bus. I have this picture, Suzanne, of you sitting at the airport like Paddington Bear with your suitcase. Yes, uh, most people seem to be having this image. You know, where is Steve? He's sitting over there. He's got his little hat on and, and his little suitcase with, you know, with marmalade sandwiches in and, and my great-aunt Lucy from Peru's picture in my hand. And in my case, it'll be my great-aunt Enid. She says, by the way, I love Frankie Boyle. And uh, don't get Ricky Gervais. He actually drives me mad. Thank you, incidentally, to everybody. Uh, Sarah says, looking forward to your return. I haven't even gone yet, for goodness sake. Uh, But that's it. Please wish Pam a very happy birthday on Saturday, says Malcolm. And if you're celebrating your birthday, have a good time. Don't forget to check out the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Look at all the pictures from uh, the Battersea Dogs Home from yesterday. They celebrate 150 years. And uh, you can see me looking petrified, which is lovely. I'll be back with you a week Sunday. Uh, Petri is going to be here on Sunday looking after the programme. And then next week, James Max will be here between 5 and 7 o'clock. Nick's with you after the news, which is next on LBC 97.3. First of all, the business update, Jim Diamond. Red, golden. 
Maybe not. Maybe not, Jim Diamond. I tell you what we'd do. I'll just say, have a very, very nice Friday. I take an umbrella just in case it rains. <laughs>